Good morning. I'm Karen Audubonny. So, let me get them all mic'd up here. My guest, Bruce Anderson, step up to that mic. Good morning, Karen. Thank you for the invitation. Yeah, I have never, all the years that I have known you, all the years we've gone around and around, and <laughs> I've never had you on the air. You've never, well. I've never had you on the air, but I will say that I just read about the Pell Award you got. also saw that you're 83, I'm 70, and I figured, man, we better do this before one of us kicks the bucket. That's right, that's right. We're going fast. I mean, it, it, hasn't it been a... It's been a long ride, but a quick ride. Yes, it has. A quick ride and an interesting ride, I must say. Oh, yeah. I mean, you've done a lot more than I have, but well, damn straight. i got to tell you, it's been an interesting ride. So, um, yeah, I just want to start off and say Bruce Anderson is the editor of the Anderson Valley Advertiser. Um, it's renowned in Mendocino County. He is renowned in Mendocino County. Um, hate, hate him or love him. It's an informative paper. Um, also... The ABA has made it in national news. God, you've been in the New York Times, the LA Times. I can't even list the papers. We're all grist for the mill, Karen. Yeah, we're all grist for the mill. Yeah, that's true. So much so. Um, so anyway, I want to just say that this award you got, it was the um, Reginald Lock, Lockett Lifetime Achievement Award. It's handed it out. It was just earlier this month. Uh, there's an Oakland chapter of Pen America. So I didn't know what Pen America was, so I Googled it, which was really informative. It's a great organization. If you want to Google it, it's capital P, capital E N. Um, so Pen America was founded in 1922. Right. And headquartered <laughs> is in New York City is a nonprofit organization that works to defend and celebrate free expression in the United States and worldwide through the advancement of literature and human rights. They champion the freedom to write. Recognize the power of the word to transform the world. Our mission, their mission is to um, unite writers and their allies to celebrate creative expression and defend the liberties that make it possible. That's right. And writers uh, have never been more embattled than they are now and are regularly murdered in places like Mexico, Iran. Yeah, and this is actually a worldwide uh, organization. Yes, it is. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. I hadn't heard about it. Now I'm impressed, and I went to their... So if you go to their uh, website, <clears throat> you'll see that they've got a really impressive board of directors. Yes, they and do. And just amazing people. So, yeah, um, it, if people want to get read the article, a really well-written article. Mike Janella wrote an article for uh, Kemp, Kim Hamp, Kemp, K-Y-M-P. K-E-M-P dot com. You can get the article there. That was really well done. Uh, I think so. I, Mike Janella, I, I've always enjoyed well, Mike he's Janella. A, he, he's a great writer. He, he's a fine reporter, and he worked for the Press Democrat in its oh, heyday for years. Years. And he, was the, he was their guy in Mendocino County and did some great reporting. Oh, he did. So good. At one point, he was removed from the timber beat because the timber giants were complaining about his reporting, which was straight down the middle, objective. There were no legitimate objective beefs with it, but still. Yeah, no, he did great with the yeah the timber wars, yeah. So you've been at this. So basically, you got to Anderson Valley in 71. Right. Uh, you didn't get by the paper until 84. Right. Which, I mean, I don't know how to describe. Well, we tried to buy it earlier, but... Oh, did you? I didn't have the capital. 
film. You mean Homer Mannix yeah, actually for, wanted money for it? For, <laughs> uh, Homer Mannix was a local in Anderson Valley for years, old family. He had it. He had the paper. I want to try to describe. There was this great building. It's since been taken down in downtown Boonville with this huge old press. Right. And they would actually set the, it was typesetting where you'd set the letters in. By hand. By each hand. letter and each word. And he had an elderly woman named Marie. <laughs> yeah, Marie. Uh, yeah. Yeah, doing it. And it was quite a sight to see. It was like a, a print museum, really. It really was. It was dark and but dank. But it also, it also illustrates now, especially in retrospect, that print used to be affordable. The technology and everything was affordable to ordinary individuals. Now it's become much larger, and now with with the cyber uh, developments, it's more and more complicated. And I'll give you an example of that because it just happened to us the other day. We <laughs> we assembled a fairly long story on the Boonville armed robbery. Just as the paper had gone off to the cyber and disappeared into cyberspace, we get a press release from the sheriff's department that the guy's been caught in New York. <laughs> so this week's paper paper will have a story, you know, that's going to be a week behind for a lot of print subscribers. Yeah, that lag time, because you, yeah. you're only a weekly paper. We're a weekly paper, paper, and we yeah. have to have the whole thing done on yeah. Monday, Monday night, and it doesn't appear in print until Thursday, and that's all because of developments in the technology, which has been sold to all of, all of us as making life simpler, but for us, it's just become more complicated, more people involved, more things that can go wrong. Well, there's you don't have that direct access. You don't. You can't go in and immediately change it before it goes. No, to the which printer. we could, we could do. Oh, could you? When we were doing it by right, hand. Right, what I was saying. When we were close, doing it by yeah, hand. When you off when you have to offsite something right, so far, just, there's a lag of time. Yeah. But you've had in some times you've had that. Like if the news had come in today, you wouldn't have made it too. So no, we wouldn't have made being it. Being a weekly paper, no, kind of. No. Yeah. But that is why I will say, not only does he have the hard copy of the AVA, but you can also get it online, and that's. One thing I realized today, um, I had let my um, subscription, my hard copy subscription lapse, and I just go read it in the morning, so, and I only read the political stuff. Yeah. So um, I realized this morning when I finally picked up a hard copy that I don't, I don't read the rest of it online. Yeah. I don't enjoy reading uh, online much. I don't either. So, um, yeah, I mean, and I want a hard copy and take it out to the outhouse, you know, that kind of stuff. Right. <laughs> but the old, the old print... We're dinosaurs now. I mean, people under the age of 60 roughly don't read paper paper. They just don't. I mean, they're yeah. they're online. I mean, I'm not condemning them for it, but... No, they, but they're missing out on a lot, too, because I, I wouldn't... So. Well, let me just give an example. I Like I said, I read what I want to read. I selectively. I do the political stuff, so I know, you know, because that's my genre here sure. on the radio. So I miss out on all the incredible other authors right. and writers you right. have in the paper we've always had a good stable of right writers you, i mean you do a lot it's of first-rate writers that's by the way that's what makes this latest this pen award a little embarrassing for me <laughs> because there's so many good journalists who never get recognized never get awards never get anything and because of my you know, let's say uh um, be careful now. Notoriety. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to be careful. Notoriety. But I've been involved in some some episodes that got the unrelated journalism, most of them, 
that um, got me attention that I really didn't want. And so that's been parlayed into a kind of notoriety. That's that's probably a good comeback, because there's a lot of people in the county that have gotten notoriety from you that didn't want it. (laughs) Uh, Well, as the sage sage said, George Orwell, (laughs) he said, if you're not making people in power uncomfortable... What you're doing is public relations. You're not yeah. doing your job as a journalist. And and just to clarify it, I, I will say that if uh, there's a line too, no matter what your if you get your name in the paper, it's whether at least you get a note. Whether it's good news or bad news, at least you're getting acknowledged in right. a way. But yeah, my, and, my and, poor my poor put upon wife of 57 years. I'll say hi to Lang. Yes, I haven't I seen her in years. She does never. She. Does not want her paper, her name in the paper ever. Ever, I know. Ever. She, she didn't even. <laughs> no. <laughs> she didn't want to be. Yeah, she was very not seen with you much around the town and county. But that also used to be true of aristocrats. You were never supposed. You were supposed to get your name in the paper when you were born, then again when you died. Uh, Anything in between was considered very unseemly. What? Yeah. So, folks, listen. Just if you just. But we're talking Mendocino County, not aristocrats. No, and I didn't. I wanted to stay local (laughs) with Mendocino because there's a lot of national people that write for you. I mean, the if you go to the writers list, is just incredible of the various authors and and national news you've had. But I I want to keep this local because that's what I do. I stay local. If I if I go to the state or national level, I want to get postal um yeah. yeah it's it really bad but uh if you just tuned in i'm karen Audubonny. this is tko my guest this morning is bruce anderson he's the editor of the anderson valley advertiser and he just received a pen award um so bruce whatever made you decide you wanted to get in and buy a paper i was in a lot of uh local fights especially with um, uh the superior court on various issues, mostly having to do with education, and I was a I was a foster parent, so my kids would occasionally get in trouble, and I would you know those were my first contacts with the schools and with the superior court, and I, of course I kept losing, so um, and I was always interested in newspaper work and journalism. I'd written book reviews and stuff here and there, anyway. I needed a, a, a bullhorn. I needed a much bigger uh, megaphone. And so that was the, the real motive for getting it. Huh. And our local ruling, the local ruling circles at the time were totally unaccustomed to getting ripped in the media. I mean, it just never happened before. So it was, it was quite shocking to them, I think. Yeah, and they hadn't even been challenged, I think, or would. And I must they, say, they didn't even feel. I get so, so they didn't feel like they had to be accountable to anybody. That's right. I think, and they weren't. They, they weren't. weren't they yeah. weren't accountable. Yeah, kind of yeah. like our superior court now, actually, which is accountable to absolutely no one, and they're poised to destroy downtown Ukiah. <laughs> Which is getting no attention except in the Anderson Valley Advertiser. It's true. I mean, we're going to build a completely new county courthouse that nobody but them wants. Yep. Nobody, including the district attorney, yep. wants this thing. And we could have, for half the money, a beautiful remodel of the existing building, restore it to its original form, and have something that we could all be proud of. Instead, we're going to get a glass box three blocks east down among the, you know, McDonald's and whatever else is down there. Well, you know, I think 
because you own the paper and you like you do longer stories, you do yeah. more in-depth stories in a lot of ways, you know, and you do a series. I remember a yeah. bunch of series that you've done. Um, and what I've seen over time, and, you know, I've always read the paper. I've not always liked it. I mean, I, I will say, um, just to let everybody um, be honest and upfront here, uh, when I was I was president of the board of KZYX in 1999, and this man had me on the front page trashing me for months, months and months and months, and trying to call me out. He wanted me to respond, and I was like, no, man, he's got the last word because he owns the paper. <laughs> but our, our long love affair has finally been restored. Well, it was am. never a here love affair. I mean, I did passive resistance. I let my you know subscription last, and I would buy it on the stand, you know, and then you know, and then it was just like you know we all got over it. But well, it I, always, I always look at it this way, like like uh, <laughs> you went around with Bosco, uh, Senator Senator was he a representative? Uh, he was, was a congressman. Congressman Rot, uh, Doug Bosco. Rot, 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 rotten. Don't, don't yeah. say rotten. No, 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 no. He was uh, yeah. <laughs> he's another story. Uh, but he always, he said, there's always a grain of t truth, kind of. There was always, I knew if you were writing about it, it may not be totally accurate. It may be one-sided. But I knew that something was going on, and I should look further. That's kind of where I've been with it. Well, a, a huge story, which has been revealed in sort of dribs and drabs by the Bay Area media, most recently in our paper, and Mendo Fever, by Mike Kep, who I think brilliantly condensed the, <laughs> it's just sort of a breathtaking, hydra-headed scam known as the Great Redwood Trail. Oh, God. And how on <laughs> earth did Bosco wind up owning the old Northwest Pacific Railroad right-of-ways is one of the great mysteries, but... Well, didn't you guys do a whole extensive write-up about it? That was one of the things I didn't dig online yeah, about people, Bosco. Yeah, people mean, tend not to... You know, a lot of the long stories, it requires a lot of foreknowledge and just yeah. given the nature of the media bombardment that we all get every day, it's very hard for people. I understand it's difficult for people to focus on, say, a 5,000-word story on a complicated subject, but that's where we are. Well, but Doug Bosco started back with the whole, we're going to get a train to Eureka. I mean, I'm just, I'd be happy. Well, if, he started even farther back, if you remember, as sort of this one of these soft liberals that we get stuck with in the Democratic Party. As he was an anti-nuke, he sold himself Oh, really? As. I don't, that oh, goes yeah. way back. Okay. Yeah. And then he was in office for quite a while. Yeah, but this whole railroad thing has just been a money sink into his pockets forever. I mean, I, oh, would, just, I would just like to see him get the train to the depot that was built how many years ago in cloverdale i know Please. isn't that sad i think oh, about God. every time i drive by that. every time i go off the exit in cloverdale Cloverdale's just the like... most optimistic community in america <laughs> they built a train station Has it been 20? for no trains has it been 20 25 years oh i think it's longer than that i don't know yeah. when i get this age it's yeah but like, one oh would think God. i mean gee they have the smart train that goes to santa rosa well i mean well, what's yeah. the obstacle here so i was um so i you know i, I actually stopped in to get bruce i talked to him on monday and he said you better do right i guess mark said do your research so i did do my <laughs> research but you know you've, you've had the paper since there were, you, you had a three-year hiatus we'll say where you went to eugene and well i tried to start a paper up there yeah. well i was again undercapitalized and right. over overly optimistic yeah and then you came back and bought it bought the paper back from right. dave severin had it for three years right. on there with his great family helping run it yeah so i went back and i was trying to think because you know 
I've, I've, I, we live through these stories and these events in our county, but then until you and I sit down and start reminiscing about them, right. you forget about them. I do because I'm kind of, I'm very much be here now type of person. Right. So I went back and I started um, listing just some of the stories that popped out for me um, and some of the changes that happened because of the writing you did. So we, we were joking about how many times you've been in jail. Um, what was the first time? Was the first time over the school board point arena pushing act pushing in things? this county? Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. Let's start. Uh, yeah, let's just focus on this county uh, yeah, first. This we don't county. want to go back to yeah. Yeah. In this county, I th- was that the first time? Uh, that was that was the first time. All right. So you, that so what I realized is the stories that you pick up on the ones that impacted me or that I followed was the ones where you were personally like involved like you had the group home with the kids and you were going around with the school system and the kids and all that and you got into a pushing match at a school board meeting i mean you used to go after the school boards pretty heavy which i think they should be accountable and watching all that school boards are pretty you know they need they're local you have direct access you can go to the meetings and you can be there and all that so you're at a pointerita school board meeting and you get into a pushing match and boy they went after you (laughs) <laughs> 17, uh, the, district attorney, the district attorney wanted a couple of years in the state pen i know but we defeated david eister in in court he was a young prosecutor then and we beat him like a dog <laughs> but i mean i wound david up, he I, loves you don't <laughs> i i wound up uh with 35 days for that one did but you I, I didn't realize it was that long yeah but I must say the upshot of all, all of that was that a couple of school a couple of school people went to actually went to jail. Right. Uh, the DA Susan Massini at the time finally had to prosecute him because the thefts that were on there were, were going on there were so blatant that e- even she couldn't ignore it. Yeah, and the other really positive thing that came out of it, you took that 35 days in jail, oh, 30 like day, 30 that. days yeah. in jail and you saw what was happening in our jails, and you wrote about it. Well, you you, you wrote jail. about it, and then there there were some changes that were made. Jail, I mean, that's the that's the the jail was small. Like. The jail they've since built new facilities over there, but at the time it was radically overcrowded. Yes, the first seven days I was there, I slept on the floor with like thirty other guys. Yeah, sheetrock dust is falling out of the system where people had punched holes in it. The showers wouldn't turn off. So we got a petition going. I got a petition going. We filed the writ with the Superior Court, and immediately they had to let about 30 guys go because they were overcrowded. But what was sad about it is everybody I'm in there with, you know, a lot of them are regularly in and out of jail. They had no idea they had any any rights at all and that there were any uh, prison standards on the books. They didn't know that. So, I mean, they just accepted these dismal third-world conditions as if that's what you go to jail is what happens. Yeah, and then the other person I thought that had a really good impact was Don Lippinson got put in jail for marijuana. They that's didn't, right. They didn't uh, know what the mess-up was, work relief or something. They messed up with him in his case. He sued the county, sued him. He got enough money that he put himself through law school. <laughs> right, right. I mean, these are the kind of positive things that happen with this kind of stuff. Well, they, they, they happen when they get attention. And yes. If there's nobody drawing attention to it, 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 nothing happens. Yeah. So that was one that jumped out on me. And of course, um, 
And then the next time you went to you, I mean, you did a lot with the Timber Wars. Yeah. And and the whole um, Redwood Summer, and right. you were out on the line. I just kind of watched it from far. Well, Judy, Judy Berry was uh, uh, wrote for us weekly at the time, which she, oh, that's right. She parlayed into her book on Timber Wars. I had forgotten. She was about very, that. a very good writer, an excellent journalist. Well, and she did radio. And just to uh, yeah, she did. Yeah. She had a she had a show here. Right, right. Um, back when we were little and teeny, I think it was ninety something like that. Yeah, nineteen ninety. Um, and it was an evening show. In fact, I don't think I've ever told you this. She's the reason I actually decided that wow, radio's powerful, and I should check it out. Right. I was listening at the hills, and you know, in the hills of Yorkville. And she was doing her show late at night, and she was talking about the whole bombing and all of that. Right. And she was being so forthcoming and, you know, really did a whole series on it that I went, this is powerful. Yeah. Next to, next yeah. to media and local papers, <clears throat> I think local radio is, is powerful. It can be. Sure, it has it the potential. Be. Yes. It has All, the potential. Always, certainly. Yeah. So uh, th- there was a whole timber wars and all of that. Yeah, but I want to... Uh, one of my favorite stories of all time that bore uh, luscious fruit yes. was was one that uh, escaped a lot of people's notice was the old custom in the county courthouse among the superior court judges where you had to go to one of the judges to get the key to yes. the public library. Yeah, this was great. And of course, I would try to get it. And they'd say, well, we can't find it. And we think it's around here somewhere. But uh, we complained about that, and it caused an immediate uh, reform of the public library, law library, that should be accessible or easily accessed to all people, has now been completely reformed. And if you go in there today, you have Dan Helsel of Albion, and he's very helpful, and you can get a lot of legal help without spending a fortune on on an attorney. Oh, I remember those days trying to find it buried in a little door up on the third floor yeah, of the courthouse. Have, I remember have that. Have a, yeah. key, a key yeah. from one of the judges. Yeah. It, was, it was outrageous. That was pretty outrageous. Yeah. That was a good one, by the way. Yeah, Thank you for doing that. Yeah. I, I used that law, law library. You're welcome. I'm very proud yeah, of that. Yeah, no, no. I've used that law library before. And everybody should know that third floor of the courthouse. There's right. this great law library. And it used to be, like you said, try, <laughs> none of it was, right. there was not computers and stuff then. And so to try to find anything, I think they had a little teeny old right. microfiche. You really need a, a yeah, full-time I mean, guide. And now we have one. So Yeah, yeah. That, that was a hard one fight. Yeah. So we got the Timber Wars. Um, Fort Bragg fires. You covered those where there was a big, massive fire. We sold more. Three, three buildings went down. The one that bothered me was the Piedmont Hotel with the great Italian that food. Bothered oh my everybody. God. That bothered me. That was a wonderful restaurant. Oh my hotel. God. A real local landmark. And then in one fantastic night, night. of arson yeah. fires, everything gets burned down, including the the. Fort Bragg Library, yes. including the Fort Bragg Justice Court, 10, <laughs> 10 mile Justice Court, and the district attorney, you know, dropped the ball. The statute of limitations ran. Nobody was ever arrested and charged, and we knew who did it. So it, it was outrageous. And there's probably, I think, a murder associated with those sad series of events but man we sold more but we went into i don't know four printings at least of that oh really paper because nobody in fort bragg knew anything about it and of course the whole town was interested yeah that was a pretty dramatic night yes it was that was very i mean 
It was well. I mean, you burn the heart and soul out of a town and get away with it. That's pretty outrageous. That was that was really outrageous. So you covered those really great, and then. I guess, yeah. Um, one of the other ones I had forgotten about was the Wanda Tanaski. Oh, that was that, that was a fun series. That, that was, was a fun literary series. series. You get to explain that one because I'm not a real literary person, but it was fantastic to watch, and it got it actually got some national um, draw to that. It too. got quite a few, and it drew in a lot of academics who were. Interested. Oh, is that what it did? Okay. Yeah. All right. So yeah. explain to our listeners what that is. A woman. Purporting to be a bag lady who lived under uh, the Noyo Bridge or the Pudding Creek Bridge and so forth, she started these letters, which were always erudite, unfailingly, always meticulously typed on an old-fashioned typewriter, and she would comment on what she saw around her, particularly on the uh, local literary lights and poets and so forth, made a lot of people angry. But her letters were just so funny and so wonderful. We collected them in a book, and we thought, we concluded, Fred Gardner worked on that, a lady named T.R. Factor worked on it. Oh, I forgot about that. A lot of people, a bunch of academics mm -hmm. weighed in. And we collected the letters as the letters of Wanda Tanaski, which we thought had been written by uh, Thomas Pynchon, a famous novelist. Uh, we were wrong. <laughs> we were wrong at book length. <laughs> you were many right, but, can, yeah. Not many people can make that claim. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, it was interesting and funny. I noticed just the other day the book, uh, the letters I wanted to ask you online, I think they were going for 40 or 50 bucks. Wow. So we, I, are you getting royalties off of that? Not off of that one, no. Yeah. <laughs> How many books have you done? I was going to ask that. I've been responsible for three. We did two collections of crime stories. Uh, Mendocino-based crime stories, which are still still selling. I I mean, I get a check every couple of months for those. Uh -huh. And then I wrote one that I wish I could take back and and do a better job called the Mendocino Papers. Oh, I remember that one. And that yeah. was just kind of a collection of stuff. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. So, but crime crime stories are always big dependable sellers. Let's put it that way. And oh these yeah. Were that's all, really good. These were all Mendo crimes, and so they're part of our our history here well i will say mendocino county has drawn some of the weirdest people here <laughs> in the hills i mean criminals and we've created some of the most nationwide stories the timber wars the the marijuana the right. i just i i can't get them all but you know i mean yeah, we get seems like we get highlighted a lot yes we do more than I realize, than I think other small, you know, right. podunk counties. I like get. to say for our literary people out there that we've gone from uh, Flannery O'Connor, okay, a great Southern writer, wrote this kind of Southern Gothic uh, fiction, to uh, John Updike. I mean, the lunatics and the maniacs now are m much more sedate, hidden away, much more sophisticated. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, that's true. And so, they've been priced out of here. So, yeah, you were saying I mean, that earlier. That's interesting. The lunatics certainly have been priced out, and just a lot of uh, working people have been priced out. That's true. You and I have both seen that. Yeah. And 
And in the hills, it seems like there's more development, so you can't get away and be as secretive unless well, you get you way up in Covalo nowadays. You used to be able to hide out on Greenwood Greenwood Road, and you can't do that much anymore. No, you can't. And if you've taken an airplane ride over the valley, you'd be astounded at the the just the absolute palaces that are buried in the hills up there. No, I'd be grossed out. I'm yeah. sorry. Don't get me started <laughs> on the McMansions in the hills. So what other... Okay, so I've listened the stories that i oh and we didn't even talk about the bear lincoln that's the other one and you went to jail over the bear lincoln trial so and i know a lot of people that are listening probably don't know a lot of these stories and we're talking like we've known each other which we have and but bear lincoln was a murder situation up in covalo that went on for a long time um and it was really covered in the ava extensively um uh, it was an incredible case, but um, you went to jail for that. Yeah, I went to jail for that. But and why did you go day, to jail because of the trial? Uh, it it, it had, was stupid. It, it was purely vindictive by the superior court. Okay, there we go. I mean, they they claimed they didn't have a letter that blah blah blah, and they demanded the letter, and I said, no, you can't have it. And okay, contempt of court, which isn't. If you're going to go to jail, going into an isolation cell is a lot better. Than, <laughs> it's a lot quieter and a lot more peaceful. But if you run out of stuff to read, you're in big trouble because it's just no picnic. Anyway. Well, Lin- yeah, but you did 13 days for that. Yeah. Anyway, Lincoln, <clears throat> we being in Mendocino County and hearing about it right away, we hustled out there, uh, Mark Scaramella, me, and Mark Hyman. Yeah. We went to the scene, and already we could see that the official version of those events was not the true version. Uh, A lot of trees or shrub, shrub like scrub oak had been Mm -hmm. cut down, so you couldn't see the volume of rifle fire that had just been shot randomly down the hill at Lincoln's mother's cabin. I mean, there was a lot of outrageous stuff. But anyway, uh, needless to say, <clears throat> uh, the you know it was it was a terrible thing all the way around. Oh, know? it was. I mean, most of no, these cases are just it was terrible right. all the way around. But right. uh, Lincoln himself certainly would have been killed if he'd been caught that night. But I've always heard a romantic story that he rode out of Corvallo on horseback. <laughs> he went out the Minor Road and up into the hills of Humboldt County and hid out up there until he surrendered himself in San Francisco to uh, the great defense attorney, Tony Sarah. Yeah, I think that's why that probably got, that's probably what brought the attention to this case outside of the county. He was later acquitted. It wasn't even close in court because Tony Sarah arrives with this whole team. He had a couple of brilliant women who, lawyers, who don't do stuff in court in public. They kind of write the script and then the great actor comes in and reads it. And, oh, he was a great actor. Yeah, and Lincoln he was, was acquitted, but our DA, again, just kind of gave up. They shoved a, a rookie attorney out there to take on Tony Sarah. That's and right. We, we, I'd forgotten about that. They yeah. did. I was actually there. I actually made it into the courtroom for yeah. the final statement. Uh, oh, so you remember. Statement. Well, I just, yeah. I didn't, I... I only I didn't I followed it in the paper, but then I just happened to be in Ukiah and I went to the court and I actually got in because there was like it was packed and you had right. they kept a lot of people out. Right. I just happened to make it in on the day they came back with the verdict. They were trying to keep us out too. I mean, they had a gun detector all set up. 
Yeah, I mean, it was pretty crazy. Yeah, but that was a good one, and that uh, we did a special edition on that one. That, that's kind of a collector's item now. Really? I, I think it was twenty-five or something pages with photographs and everything. It, I think it holds up pretty well. But I mean, we try not to be one-sided. We got everybody's perspective in on it. Uh, the cops wouldn't talk to us at the time. The DA wouldn't talk to us at the time. So we, as is, you know, that's what it is with the media business. You do the best you can with the information you can. And sometimes you uh, you hustle into print. And, of course, it's, not, it's incorrect or there's minor things wrong with it. But it's the nature of the beast. I mean, you do the best you can on short notice. And... Yeah, the chips no. fall. So, any other big stories that I missed that were impactful for you that you felt, you know, you did a exposing well, a job? I mean, you've, you've exposed a lot of stuff. I mean, MCOE, Mendocino County Office of Education, way back when. Yeah. Um, that, God, was that the 90s? No, 2000s? Uh, when so Til- that, Tillman? But, Tilden? And yeah, that guy with the. Yeah. We do a lot of. Um, I think are always the most interesting stuff to me is local history stuff. Oh, yeah. So Brad Wiley is doing a series right now on Anderson Valley people and the history of the Anderson Valley, about which I know you know a lot and you're interested in. I am, but I don't know much as these guys. These guys are these guys. These guys know a lot. Yeah. And what a lot of people don't know is that a lot of the history, not only Anderson Valley, but of the county is now housed at the Held Pogue Library in Ukiah on the west side on South Dora. Yeah. If you've never been there, I totally recommend it. Have you been there? You got you've been there? Oh yeah. Oh I've never that's one of the things I want to do. That's they have a new edition and they have a very capable professional archivist, Uh, Elisa Elisa uh, Ballard. Uh, who's in charge, and she'll show you around and help you what you're look with uh, what you're looking for. They always have a couple of docents on hand. Oh. It's a terrific resource. Another resource that's overlooked, and I've agitated for a long time to try to get the old file, criminal court files from the courthouse basement. They're moldering away down there at the courthouse. Yeah, in the courthouse really? basement. I mean, the it goes way back into the uh, 19th century. Huh. So those should be transferred and 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 protected better than they're being protected. To now. somebody who knows what they're doing with old documents and things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. Yeah. All right, let me just take a minute. I'm Karen Audubon. My guest today is Bruce Anderson, uh, editor of the Anderson Valley Advertiser. So those are some of the stories. One, one of the things that I did, that I've always found fascinating, and that the part that I enjoy is that the AVA has always given, been a venue for, uh, for new writers, for local writers, sure. t- aspiring writers. And, right. the, and these are, you know, we have people that like to write. I, on the other hand, you know, I can mess up a promo like I did last <laughs> night for this show. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, uh. I shouldn't put anything in writing until I have it edited. But, um, yeah, I was just thinking back to some of the really great writers. Bruce, 
Bruce Patterson, who was a local boy in Boonville, right, he right. writes great. Dela Hepting. Dela Hepting. She was terrific. at Covalo area. She was up north, wasn't she, or on the coast? I can't remember which. Area. No, she lived. She lived here. She lived in different areas of the, Mendocino yeah. County. She came out of uh, San Francisco. Yeah, and then one of the other ones I've always enjoyed because he just writes so hysterically about the courts was Bruce McEwen. The only guy doing it, and he did it he very did, well. He did it very well. I mean, and he made it funny and readable. Yeah. I mean... That, that's another tragedy of, of modern media, of modern uh, newspapers. They don't have the money anymore, the resources to cover local institutions that are right in their, their communities. Like school boards, yeah, the community services districts in rural areas of the courts. You know, in the old days of newspapers and the up through the fifties, newspapers in San Francisco there were what three or four dailies then. I know certainly yeah. the Chronicle, yeah. the Examiner. Anyway, they would have a, a reporter full time sitting in the police station. Yeah. Yeah, and then usually an old drunk, and he would he would phone in his stories, and a very smart lady on the rewrite desk would take the basic facts and make a good story out of it. Speaking of old drunks, you you even reprint Herb Cain. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean you reprint you would reprint a lot of Herb Cain who was in the San Francisco Chronicle for years. You reprint a lot of his old stories. Well, I, I just saw one today in last week's paper. I was a huge admirer of Herb Cain. My proudest possession is a fan note I got from him. Really? Yes, proudest oh. possession. So he wrote a book. Uh, it's, his collected columns are collected as uh, "Don't Call It Frisco." You can find it around in the little yeah. bookstore. Well, and the other writer that's still writing for you today um, is Betsy, and it's Con? Con. Con. C-A-W-N. Yeah, she's out of Lake County, and she does yes, a she really is. good report she's about a, Lake County, and she stays on top of what's going on there. I she's mean, a brilliant person. So you don't, you don't pay these starving writers, do you? Do they we, get paid for writing or their stories or... Is it more like me coming in here and volunteering my time? If, to if they're famished to the point of starvation and death, yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll dole out a few dollars. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, but this no, is, you, no, we can't. We're a small yeah. publication. We yeah. don't have the resources. No. I mean, and then so those are some of the writers I think of, and then the other thing that you've done for years, which I've always appreciated, is Fred Garner with the um, cannabis. Right. I mean, you've been writing about cannabis or pot way back since it was you know yeah. way before 215 well, uh, proposition 215 way back you've given him a venue it's for that. a ubiquitous subject in mendocino county i mean you can hardly miss it i mean i'm not a toker myself never have been but you know there it is it used to be a huge part of our economy comes up every week at the board of supervisors oh my god i know and so on and so on i'm a good friend of pebbles Trippet. oh she, she was, was another one that wrote for you i forgot about yeah. pebbles yeah, yeah she's yeah. She, pebbles still writes in yeah. occasionally uh, fred gardner by the way is, is very well known national yeah reputation guy and he's a very good writer but that took a while back in the right. 90s and stuff that he was right. just starting out and a lot of people wouldn't publish about that no no i mean that's a lot of it. so what no. other writers jump out to you that are kind of local like that uh well my late friend alexander coburn oh lived, that's right coburn who lived in petrolia who i always miss i mean yeah. he was a brilliant writer 
But he was more nationally known, wasn't he a national kind of guy? uh, No, she wrote for British papers. His his brothers, both of them still write for national papers. But they were primarily started out being well-known in in England and Europe. And then Coburn moved uh, here to the North Coast. He did some very good stories in the North Coast, by the way, as only he could. And we were chatting before we went on the air here. (laughs) People... My only my only connection to showbiz, I took a hike with Coburn, uh, members of his family, some other people. We went up to uh, Headwaters Forest. We footed it in there, and she was just a kid at the time, but the, it's since become a huge movie star. Olivia Wilde, yeah, was with Olivia and her sister hiked up there with us. I mean, I just thought, I've always just thought of her as like a high school kid. Well, and yeah. Alex's uh, nep- nephew interviewed you, and you said it was a while ago, but it just got posted on Facebook. So if anybody's on, yeah. or not, not Facebook, YouTube, excuse me. If anybody's on, does YouTube, you can go back and see it. That's cu- another hazard of Cyber World, you know, the stuff that you haven't seen or thought was gone forever keeps popping up. <laughs> true. I mean, it's true. It's always true, out there, somewhere. <clears throat> yeah, I say that too. I mean, it used to be when I was when we before we had all this. I was telling Bruce about all this fancy new equipment in the on air room here. Uh, used to be the only time people would write call and say, "Oh, I want a copy of that show." We'd have to go in and we'd have a cassette. Yeah, we'd have to you know transfer. Re re-record it, you know, right. transfer it onto another cassette and right. mail it to them. Right. So a lot of my original shows, thank you very much, are not accessible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now everything's online immediately, and that's good. Because, right. you know, except I get embarrassed by some of the stuff. So, right. um, but yeah, that used to be how we have to do that. Well, our free association here this morning that'll be out there forever. I know, and I just <laughs> and then like I said, I figured we're both getting old, and if we don't do it now, <laughs> we'll right. never never do it. And yeah. Yeah, I mean, so you've pissed off a lot of people in the county. Um, you've held a lot it's of people. It's never been a concern of mine. Oh, really? No. I hadn't noticed that, Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, seriously. But you've also gotten death threats, in too. I mean, I can't remember what... Art, I was reading an article about it, and it was sometimes you were getting death threats. You actually had to pack a pistol for a while. I can't remember even over what story that was. But, yeah. but the other thing I was thinking about, too, is that you didn't used to have access to a lot of the politicians and a lot of the sheriffs and all of that. I mean, they were there, right? but they wouldn't talk to you. Right. And I was thinking back to when the station got first going, you know, because I've been here doing this for, I don't know, since 96, 94, something like that. And the local politicians wouldn't even talk to KZUX. No, I know. They wouldn't even come over here. You couldn't get news stories. Yeah. And it was Gordon... uh, Johnson. Johnson. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Gordon Johnson. I love that guy. He was great. So this is how we got in, okay? Uh, Many years ago, I can't remember the dates, uh, Gordon Johnson wrote for the Ukiah Daily Journal. Right. See? It's coming back now. And he left there, and somehow he came over, ended up here, doing news, little short news stuff. Yeah. And he was here at the station. And because he had worked for the Ukiah Daily Journal, knew all the people in the circles of politicians and all of that, he was actually able to open the doors for Casey Wax to get into that. Right. But, I mean... It's kind of interesting well, how it's progressed. I mean, official, you've got the sheriff and the DA stopping by for a coffee at the AVA. Well, I consider them friends on a personal level. <laughs> there you go. Uh, speaking of local history, Matt Kendall's 
send off for his dad was just absolutely brilliant, brilliant. Great. and it sort of encapsulated the whole history of the counties because they were pioneers his family oh yeah in fact boonville at one time was called kendall city yeah he's and a good writer yeah he is good I, he's I, I, a very I, nice man he's a very good writer yeah. i was been impressed but, uh, he does these um on facebook he'll put out or put on the mendocino site he'll put out a you know, uh, long uh, letters or whatever yeah. statements, and he really does a good yeah, job. I yeah. was impressed. But if he he steps an inch over the line, we're, we're here to blast him. Oh, I have I'm I have sure, no I'm doubt. Sure, he probably knows that. <laughs> I think we all know that, Bruce. Yeah, but Tom Tom Allman was another guy that was very easy to deal with and always accessible. And farther back, so was uh, Tony Craver. Tony Craver was Tony good. Craver yeah, was a, Tony was good. I think Tony was a breakthrough guy for the cops. Because I think he realized, you know, from the cop perspective, there's a lot of people out here we really don't like, but they're about half our population. So we better at least pat them on the head, tell them, yeah, we hear you, we hear your complaints, and then, you know, we'll just carry on doing what we do. But... But also, uh, Tony was really accessible, yeah, he and was he was involved. He was he was a deputy. He was a deputy at the time of the Redwood uh, uh, summer, and he and he worked. Which he handled very well. He by did. The that's way. what I was just going to say. Yeah. He he did. He worked with the protesters, and he probably kept. Yeah, he probably kept the violence from. Or oh yeah, definitely. He uh, kept the temperature down on right, that whole right. whole demonstrations. And he, stuff. I, I saw one. Let's see. I was president at a couple of demonstrations. I think both of them in Albion were. Craver and a lot of deputies were there, and the loggers were, you know, understandably upset because people had interfered with them for their work for the day, at least. And then there were a lot of demonstrators uh, led by Judy Barry at that time on the other side. And if the police hadn't been there, and if Craver hadn't handled it just absolutely perfectly, uh, Oh. There definitely would have been some have been, bloodshed. Yeah, yeah, there would have been bloodshed. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's fascinating. I mean, this county, I just don't know how we make the news. I mean, we, we lead the way in a lot of things, and we have a lot of crazies that show up. It's just <laughs> fascinating to me. I sit back and I just, I just, it's amazing. It just amazes me. I don't know what the draw is. Well, a lot of... <sighs> Let's see. Don't go there. I don't, don't want to insult there. them uh, no, unnecessarily. But tourist riders and food riders are up here all the oh, time. Oh, that's right. The and they get a lot of freebies, and they go back, and they tell the legitimate reporters, hey, there's some interesting stuff happening up there. Yeah, they our, do do that. The AVA, by the way, yes. I think initially, or at least for quite a few years, was particularly resented by local officials because we got read by the outside media. And they they could they could cordon us off, but they couldn't cordon off the Chronicle or the New York Times. So they resented us because we had we had these links to these much larger publications and huh. would get tipped off. Like Bear Lincoln, that story went national very fast off of our initial reporting. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So, getting back to some of the writers, who did I miss that you really like? Local writers that have uh, Tom come Hine, uh, oh, who Dr. goes Tom. as Tommy Wayne Kramer. I mean, yeah. he's a little conservative for for a lot of liberal readers, but uh, uh, he's really a very very good writer. He's a very talented guy, and 
Uh, Justine Fredrickson with oh, the yeah. Ukiah Daily Journal is very True. good. True. As is the editor, Casey Meadows. Oh, Casey's, yeah. But that's and that a, poor paper's going under, uh, man. I just, well, they're gotten... owned by an outside hedge fund, and they've been stripped of their Everything. physical properties. Everything. Have been sold off. Yeah. That's, so they're just hanging on. They're just hanging on. Yeah. So... Well, and the other the other part that I look so I do the online stream it in the morning so I can see what's going on and I you know because I do the politics and just see if I missed something because I don't catch it all. Uh, one of the other ones that I appreciate and it's kind of like a it's, it's an interesting thing to watch is the um, catch of the day. So right. so, so it, it's the book it's a, the sheriff's log booking log right. and you just kind of do it quick and. Whoever takes those photographs, I think, is a genius photographer. I mean, he really catches <laughs> he does. everybody. Some people say, oh, it's, it's cruel. You shouldn't humiliate these people. And in fact, <clears throat> but, you know, it's part of the public record. It's part of what happens here. People want to know. Anyway, I got a call. Well, it was an email, actually. A rather belligerent email from a guy. No. Who'd been, <laughs> yeah, who'd been in the, no. he'd been in the catch of the day. Uh-huh. And he says, I want my name taken off immediately or I'll sue you. I mean. It's kind of public record, right? Yeah. And I said, I'll, I'd be happy to take it off. You, if you weren't convicted, off it goes. I mean, I've taken them off a lot of times because people will get. Uh, will make an appearance in the catch of the day, and then their matter will be dismissed. Have you ever figured so, out what I want to know, though, is you've pointed out a couple times, what about the people we know that got arrested and they don't get their picture in the catch of the day or the booking log? <coughs> That's the part I want to know about. No comment. Okay. Jeez, come on. <laughs> I occasionally protect my friends. Uh, let, let me put it that way. Is that what's going on? That's That's absolutely, that's a little bit of newspaper corruption for you. Okay, thank you for admitting that. Because well, I, mean, I figured it, I was figured it was coming from the sheriff's department. Now no. I know it's you. Well, some, sometimes the sheriff's want it, wants it out, but well, what the interesting part for me? It's the cultural community thing is to see the repetitive same people that are getting right. arrested, to see the crimes that are happening that they're generally getting arrested for. Right. It, you can see trends. You can see, you know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's sure. Kinda, that's kind of the way yeah. I look at it. But but locally, I mean, since I know a lot of people, you know, this is my home, <laughs> so I know a lot of people, and I'll see people who show up in there, and I'll say, well, I'm, you know, I know that they've always struggled, and they've, you know, got these terrible problems. Why? lather on one more layer of uh, public humiliation so i just don't do it and see for me i look at some of the guys i know locally that have yeah. been in and out of jail for years and if yeah. they're not in there that week i see them in town hey dude you're <laughs> keeping it together man you're not right. in the paper you're right. not in the booking right. log yeah you know Mendocino county runs a very good jail a righteous jail i, m I must well, say. well that's something to say you know, having have you slept on the floor for yeah that's well good. there was nothing wrong with the staff I yeah. mean, the, you know, the guards, they're called what now? Corrections officers. Yes. Were always very kind and helpful and so forth. It was just the physical plant was falling down and was too overcrowded. And the Superior Court had to know it was overcrowded, but kept sending people there. So, so what other topics? Yeah, I mean, writers, you talked about some of the writers. Um, I wanted to mention of Southern, yeah, Southern Humboldt. County uh, writer who who has national reputation, Ooh. Uh, Ray Raphael, 
who's written oh, some wonderful books on based on in Southern Humboldt, but really apply to this whole oh my North Coast area. God, we're almost out of time. Time flies when we're having fun. Man, Bruce, that was fast. <laughs> That's a good thing I looked at the clock, dude. I gotta tell you. Um, but the other thing I wanted to say too is that your paper goes to a lot of jails. You yeah. send a lot of subscriptions. Just you send it to the different jails. How right. many jails are you sending them out to? Oh, a lot of federal, state, and I mean, ten, twenty. No, no, probably a hundred. A hundred? Yeah, but it's mostly go to Mendocino County people who are locked up and helps them keep in touch with the hometown. And well, and so I see forth. in the letters to the editors is another one. You don't screen letters to the editors. You put it in. Can you do it anonymously? I uh, mean, you're there, pretty... Some, sometimes the prisoner letters get a little carried away and start ripping the, you know, the authorities uh, unfairly. <laughs> so we'll edit those down. But yeah, they go in. They go pretty much uh, whole. And a lot of a lot of the inmates are or a lot of the inmates are writing back and forth to each other in letters to the other, like well, you said, attacking. To, we try to keep that to a minimum. Oh, too. do you? Okay. Yeah, we don't want to threaten each other and so forth. Yeah, that's not a good thing right. to do. No. no, So what did we miss? We're coming up. We almost we only got five minutes left. Less than that. I did I get a pretty good? You told me to do my research. I thought I did a pretty good <laughs> you research. You did a very good I mean, job. You did well, a very so good what's going to happen? So what's going to happen? You're up there. Mark's up there. We're all up there. I mean, are you looking for young, fresh meat behind you to come up to? Always. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, who wants to work, you know, 12 hours a day for no money? <laughs> yeah, we all should say this is not yeah. a, this is not, no, you're not getting rich off of this. No. And are you sinking your own money into it? I was aware of that once I was invited to speak at UC Berkeley to their journalism department. And the whole department was organized as a television studio. And that was like 1986 or whenever it was. Uh -huh. So I know, well, here's where it's going. These kids are all want to get on TV in the news department. So uh, not many are headed for the print divisions. And when they are, they're going to find out they don't get the leeway the freedom to write what they want, and they've no, got a lot less. No. How many how many words is a normal or a regular article in a paper? Well, we'll go a thousand fifty. You will, but I mean, if they're if they're getting into a regular paper, the Santa Press Democrat or even Chronicle, they yeah. don't get very much space. Yeah, column. even a a smallish paper like the Press Democrat, raw copy probably goes through three or four people. Yeah. Who edit out all the interesting stuff and interesting quotes and get it down to the middle yeah, ground? Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's like here at the station. I mean, I hate to com I keep comparing it, but in similar, it's a small nonprofit running, right. you know, hand to mouth. Right. And I come in and do this. I don't get paid for this. I do all the research on yeah. my own. And who's going to be behind me? Yeah. The, no. the, I am concerned about that. Well, who, who has the Who has the time? And the energy that, I mean, somebody younger is having to do two jobs, three jobs, even live in the doggone county. Right. How are they going to have time to do what That's you and question. I do? I, I mean, mean, it's, it's kind of... It's hard enough finding younger people who are interested, but uh, you're up against all of us, K KZYX, AVA, any print publication. We're up against this fantastic, enormous, endless, daily deluge of online stuff everything so we have to somehow stay afloat and yeah. stay interesting enough where people will want to tune in so just quick and we only got a couple minutes left one of the i wanted to mention the the kim kemp the 
K-Y-M-K-E-M-P. She does a great job. She does a good job. Then we've got Mendel Fever. That's another one online. Matt seems to be doing a good job. New Kid on the Block. New Kid on the Block. Uh, And then there's Red Headed Black Belt. That's the same as Kim Kemp. Oh, that's the same? That's what she calls herself. Yeah, Red Headed Black Belt. Oh, I didn't know that. So are there any other ones locally that are picking up the slack that are online? I know they don't have the forum that you have, but Uh, because you're more into that. Those are the primary ones. And Kim is based in Southern Humboldt. Right. Right. But she does a lot of northern Mendo stuff, too. A lot of Mendo stuff, period. Yeah. And Matt's doing a good job. I think, you know, he's getting better and better, I think. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where all these, you know, forums go in the next even two to three years, five years. Yeah. All right, what did we miss? What did we miss? What did we miss? We only got a minute left. Uh, I don't think we've missed anything, Karen. All right. Hey, well, you know, okay, except, go ahead. uh, No, no, I was just going to say, except it's been a pleasure gazing back at you this morning. Oh, my God, it's been (laughs) gazing back at this whole county, and I mean, I can't even think about the articles. But if you want to Google around, you just, I mean, Google. We've got some hot stories coming up. Okay, name them real quick. Well, I can't. One of them I can't. Oh, come on. One of them I can't yet. But, uh, That's just enticement. We want to find out why Ann Molgard of County Health suddenly resigned nice lady wait when did she resign i missed that well a lot of people missed it she just kind of mendocino county operates kind of like i know we gotta go but i gotta i will check this out because i will text her and find out hey bruce anderson live long and healthy (laughs) thank you keep keep the flaming the fire what is it flaming the flames flames. all right all right folks i'm out of here have a great holiday i will be back after christmas be safe it's icy and nasty out there and considering volunteer and donating at somebody that's helping the less unfortunate for the holidays how about you do that but um just thanks so much for tuning in i will be back with something probably fun and eclectic you never know what i'm going to bring to the table have a great holiday folks this has been a production of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. KZYX, Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening.